0: Alright guys, what is going on? Today we are going to be talking about something that I... Love geeking out about and we're getting back into the training realm here and you know I've been working on a bunch of stuff trying to get up some systems and old programs for us to be able to kind of dive back into some things that we've already set up that have been very successful over the years so if you guys are newer to the podcast newer to the gym maybe even and you guys are interested in getting involved with some of those resources that have been very impactful and effective for people in the past things like personal development things like uh, supplementation guides, nutrition guides, uh, previous training programs that we can do an accessory while we're at home. There's all kinds of stuff that we've created over the years that right now is just kind of sitting dormant. And so I'm collecting all of those into one resources page. I'm creating a sort of personal financial reading and podcast list, a personal development reading and podcast list, and then uh, just some things that I think are sort of recommendations I would have for anybody who's interested in uh, making some you know life pivot and a podcast. Positive direction and I think it's a great time right now to look at making obviously a physical health transition but while we're doing that let's compound that awesome improvement with other life improvements also and so we're going to talk about that a little bit today and what we're going to talk about today from a training ethos perspective is going to be something that you can take into sort of your training to anything you're training on personal development you're training on your relationship on your financial health and well-being whatever it might be whatever thing you want to get better at you have to develop your training ethos those first you have to develop in some sense that why and then the what and the how So we're going to talk about all that today, and I'm going to use myself as an example so that you guys can start to see what my current training ethos is, how I think about the things that I think about. And I'm also going to give some examples for people who might be in a different uh, place from a training perspective or might have different physical and uh, maybe a mental, emotional and nutritional goals than I have. But the idea is for you guys to sort of see the framework that I like to think about these things under, and hopefully you guys can use this as a jumping off point or a framework for you guys to start to think about what the training is going to look like for you in whatever world you want it to take, okay? So, obviously, this is a health and fitness podcast, so we are going to talk about health and fitness. And a training ethos or sort of your value system, your principles will help give you direction in what you're gonna be working towards every week. We gotta have some reason to get out of bed. I was up at 3.45 a.m. this morning, half because of the dogs, half because I had an amazing 5.30 a.m. class coached by Coach Brian today. I did build and we're gonna talk all about why I did build this morning and why I woke up early and how that fits into my training ethos. So first, I like to start with my long term vision. So I have sort of two long term visions, right? I have a long, long term vision. So I have the 85 year old version of me and I've heard multiple people tell me stories and it goes something like this. I was hanging out with my grandma, grandpa this week or my grandma, grandpa is such an inspiration to me because when I went to their house, they were out mulching and carrying bags of mulch around and she's 92 years old. And she still does push-ups and runs every day. And she still is super active. And she's got a great sense of humor. She's super talkative. She's with it. For me, when I'm older, ultimately, that is the most important thing in my life is I want to stay sharp mentally and physically. I do not want to have a degradation of either my mind or my body. And so all signs point to that for me is I want to be identified as one of those older individuals who is just like going against all odds, going against the norm, going against, uh, you know, the frail, you know, oh, be careful. Like, you know, somebody help grandpa. Like I, that's not where I want to be. Like I, I want to be hard charging and then just like, uh, ah, like, you know, and then then fall. And obviously, you know, I think some people, um, you know, if we're being honest about human frailty, obviously in some capacity, you're probably going to have some degradation that just is normal. Uh, but I want to have as many functional life years as possible and that to me is everything so that is ultimately my long-term vision and everything points to that and that for me is different than the past, where the past for me used to be focused a lot on the short term, you know, benefits of competing, or it might be, it might have just been generally short term focused. It might have been, um, you know, looks or trying to get you know my snatch up, trying to get this, trying to get that. So it was short term focused, and I was doing that at a detriment to what is now my long term vision, and that is a pivot that has happened through reflection, through observation through listening, through seeing, through really understanding what I really want for uh, me and Maria and my family. And, uh, you know, I have new things that are important to me. And so that for me is is a change of pace, not something that I think is a crazy one, like it shouldn't catch you guys off guard that I want to live a long, healthy, functional life. But for me, that is sort of the North Star now. And then an intermediate short term focus is actually one that I've had for quite a while is I want to be able to dunk a basketball in my fifties, eh, maybe in my forties. Okay. So, uh, well, the fifties might be, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm seeing some of the degradation. I can still dunk and I've still dunked this year in 2020. And, uh, but it is, it's getting harder. Uh, so I have to maybe start thinking about adding in a couple training things a couple days a week to work on my plyometric explosiveness and some of those things. Uh, so, so that one might be one, uh, I might, might have to like slight adjustment on that. You know, we'll see how it goes when I turn 40 and uh we'll we'll will reassess but that's one of those ones for me I, I just think that that's a cool one and i think that that keeps me motivated um you Know along the same lines, right? If I am, uh, you know, strong, a good body fat percentage, a good strength to weight ratio, good relative explosiveness and plyometric strength, and um, those are huge things to being it aligns with the number one long term vision, right? Is one of the things that we see out of older people is they really struggle to still keep that like springy explosiveness. And I always tell people, if you ever watch uh, like two you know, 9 year old men get into a foot race, it, you're sort sort of like cringing. There, there's so much stiffness and there's not a lot of explosiveness and speed coming out of that. And that's something that we really want to keep training. And a, a good way to look at long-term training visions is what are things that, you know, older people can't do that I really want to be able to do. You know, and if you guys have ever seen, um, you know, like uh, an older woman who has like a really bad kyphotic upper back where they're really hunched over um, you know those that's something that's like an easy thing to point to and be like wow you know I've seen you know my grandma is really hunched over and I really want to avoid that like what are some things I can start doing and we've got to start talking about strengthening your upper back and your postural muscles we got to start working on doing some chiropractic exercises and making sure that we're getting engaged with something like a yoga and um, maybe even a Pilates and, in, and introducing some of those different training methods into our lives as we start to get older so that we can keep that sort of limber, long, flexible range of motion. And so hopefully that gives you an idea of why some of those longer term visions can help give you shorter term training focuses. And so for me, that's my that's my uh, my North Star. Right. That's kind of how I like to think about things, because every now and again, I like to zoom out and say, You know, is what I'm doing today still walking me closer to that North Star? Am I still going the right direction? And it's a really important question to ask yourself. And for some of you guys, you might just not have your North Star yet. You might have been lost in, you know, in a in a world of the short term focus. And, and I've been there, and we've been there and a huge part of the improvements in the development of the systems at friendship and this podcast and all of the things that we kind of operate under is the development of helping people, you know, create training systems that align better with longer term vision. So a health and wellness focus, as opposed to, you know, the short term performance based focus, which we can have both. But if you go out of balance with the performance focus, you will be doing it at a detriment of your long-term health. And I've actually had two conversations with people this week who were ex-powerlifters and are interested in getting back involved with something. But they powerlifted for like 8 or 10 years and they joke about how broke their body is now. So they sacrificed their long-term health. They sacrificed the long-term well-being for themselves. And then they had a big lull because they were lost four years, five years, six years off, nothing. So they ate poorly and they put on fat. And so now they've got this point where it's like, okay, we've got, you know, this 40 year old individual and, they're overweight, they have bad eating habits and their joints are kind of screwed up from a lot of the short term stuff that they you know, were focused on from a competing and a performance perspective. And obviously we see this in a lot of different sports. We see this in football is a huge one, right? Guys who, you know, they're 36 years old and they're just broken and frail and they have head injuries and, and you know, their knuckles crack all weird and their fingers are all bent sideways. and You just have some of these longer term ramifications, And those are sacrifices that young people that were more willing to make right when we're young. But with age and wisdom and hindsight, we sort of start to transition our focus a little bit. And what I like to look at is can my long term vision and some of those short term things still come true? And I believe that they truly can. And so that's going to be what we're going to talk about today with our focus on. And so my long term vision is be basically a badass 90 year old. That's what I want, right? I just want to be a, just a total like I want my my grandkids or you know kids in and around me to look at me in awe and just be like, that dude is ninety! Like, get out of here! And I am super thankful to have people in our facility that have embodied that. You know, Diana Davidson, Maggie Cookie, um, Andrea. There's a bunch of people where I would tell you their actual age, and you'd be like, "There's there's no way! Like, there's no way! I mean." she, she looks 50 and she, she moves like she's 40. She acts like she's 50 and she's actually like 66. It's awesome. It's so cool. Like that's, I mean, that's this fountain of youth that you can have and, and help other people embody and gain and what a gift, right? Uh, so, I think we should all have that focus just a little bit. And we'll talk about how performance in the short term can uh, kind of fit in with that as well. So when we look at those things, then what are my what are my things to focus? So let's talk about short term stuff. So short term stuff for me right now during coronavirus, I had mentioned in some previous podcasts, I did lose a little bit of muscle mass, uh, just lost a little bit of weight generally. And a big part of that for me was I was not lifting heavy weights really for the first time in probably uh, 12 years, 15 years, something like that. And so, when I don't lift super heavy, I wasn't also eating at you know a caloric surplus and making sure that I maintain that muscle mass and I'm stressing those muscles the way that I'm used to. So I lost a little bit of you know the work that I had put in over the years. So a big focus for me right now is I want to get back to. For me, it's 110 pounds of skeletal muscle mass. That's that's where I like to be at. And so. Um, so that's sort of my aspirational goal. And right now I'm at like 102. So I'd like for that to be a little bit higher. So I got basically eight pounds of muscle to gain back. And, you know, my goal is to do that without any body fat gain. So it is a true body fat percentage improvement. And what we'll get from that is I'll be stronger with relative strength, right? And every, every system that I have from a performance aspect is going to get better because of that, right? If I'm adding just pure muscle, and I'm not adding body fat with it, then I am going to be fitter, basically, like from a from a biometric standpoint. Now, more muscle also takes more oxygen. So sometimes workouts at if you go over a tipping point, it can be harder to carry more muscle mass. And this is, you know, my boy John Sturgeon is the most muscular guy I know. And it takes a lot of oxygen to feed those big muscles. Um, You know, Omar was the same way, a lot of muscle mass. So it takes a lot of oxygen to feed that much muscle. So, For me, I've found over time and studying and working and testing and trying and testing and trying and plug and play and uh, trial and error, I've found that you know 110 pounds is is where I feel best, right? And that puts me at a, a body weight of around 220, and you know I'll try to get my body fat percentage back into the low single digits. So that for me is the a number one focus right now. And the nice part about that focus. Is that is going to have performance improvements, right? I'm gonna I'm gonna be lifting weights more efficiently, better because I don't have uh, the wasted you know body fat percentage, or I have the muscle mass to sort of counteract the body fat that I do have, and I'm going to be eating cleaner and working out more consistently because of that, right? So. I like when things all align, when we have all the incentives going the right way. So I have to eat healthy to achieve that. I have to work out consistently to achieve that. And I also to achieve my intermediate and my long term goals, I also have to do those two things. So we're aligned, right? Everything is is lined up perfectly with that North Star. Okay, so my things to focus on for that, with that being my goal is weightlifting, Right. And for me, that is the primary focus right now. So I am focusing on doing four days a week of build. And then for my Thrive or for my conditioning days, I have two different focuses. One, I'm always doing sprint day. And you'll notice that sprint day is usually one or two times a week in Thrive. And this is again, if you're following the friendship program, if you guys aren't, you can just take these as independent days. Right. So I'm lifting weights with the primary focus on a functional bodybuilding style of weightlifting four days a week. And then I'm doing more sprint-based cardiovascular training. So high output, 30 seconds or less, and then rest and maximum output work two days a week and or one day a week, right? Depending on how many times sprint day comes up. So for me, now I've got my my vision. That's my weekly plan basically is a four in one plan. Now, if I feel good, and I don't feel like I need the, you know, the extra rest day, the extra stress management of being, you know, having some time off and sleeping a little bit more, then on Sundays, I'll go in, and I'll do a, just a true, you know, what I would consider to be an active recovery day. So I do endurance class or something along those lines, or I might just go out for a run or a bike ride or a hike or something on my own. So for me, that sets my week up, right? And if I know that ahead of time, I can plan everything around that. So the first thing I look for is when are my sprint days and thrive? right? So if I'm looking through the programming for the week, I'm going to look for the Thrive Day that has very short intervals, right? So like 30 seconds or like five reps or 10 reps or sprint this or whatever it might be. That's the first day that I schedule because I know I need to do Thrive on that day or those days. And when I do that, then I know the rest of my week is going to be filled out with the build classes, and I don't even worry too much about what build's doing, right? Whether we're we're squatting or deadlifting or cleaning or pulling or pushing or whatever, lunging, pull ups, push, you know, push ups, bench press doesn't make a difference to me. All of it is going to help me build muscle mass, right? And that's what I want. And I'm a true believer in that our body is either in that uh, in that place of we're building muscle mass or we're not building muscle mass. And so if we're not focused on building muscle mass, then what we should be focused on is building cardiovascular stamina energy. Because if we're not focused on building muscle mass, then the, the main number one goal for us is to increase our aerobic capacity. And regardless of what way you want to look at things, that that is the game, right? Is we're sort of in A or B. It is hard to do both. You can do it. And we'll talk about how you can do it, but you have to be pretty dialed in and you have to, like I said, here, you have to have a focused training calendar. And so... This is these are kind of things that we're talking about. So for Maria is a good example. She's probably more focused right now on the ladder. So she's more focused on building her aerobic uh, stamina, power, energy, but she also obviously understands the the value in resistance training. So she might do one day a week of build. She likes squatting. She's good at squatting. So she's going to do the squat day and build. The rest of the days out of the week, she's going to do thrive because she really wants to focus on increasing that cardiovascular stamina. She likes the way she feels after she do, does those workouts she enjoys the yoga component and the core work component to it and so for her we've got sort of opposing schedules a little bit because we've got sort of opposing goals the nice part for us is our both of our goals still align with our longer term vision and so that's sort of the main main piece here so that's how i align my week with my vision Right. And if there's some things missing in there, like if I'm not getting some of the plyometric work when plyometric, I mean, jumping explosive work or something like that. And I need to add a little bit that stuff that's easy to add in for me. I can do just a couple sprints here inside my, you know, in my neighborhood, in my on my street. I can do some sprints with the dogs and I can do some bounding, jumping energy work and still work on maintaining some of that explosiveness. That's an easy addition for me. So let's talk about my things to fix. Okay. So we talked about thing to fix. Number one is begin lifting weights again, right? Because that was something during quarantine that I did not do an exceptional job at. And, you know, in terms of long-term health, uh, you know, resistance training is, is arguably the most important thing you could argue, right? Uh, heart health, aerobic energy is, is a close number two. Um, but I've gotten abundance of years with building up uh, a long-term endurance training work. So, uh, my aerobic heart health is already in a good state. Now, if you are not in a good aerobic heart health state, then I would say that that takes priority, right? And so again, think about what our long-term vision for ourselves is. If our long-term vision for ourselves is to be able to, you know, play with our grandkids and be active and be able to do these things and be able to kick around the soccer ball and throw the football and run on the beach and boogie board with them and, you know, go hiking and go surfing and, you know, do these things. if, If that vision for you, if that requires you to look or feel a certain way, then that should be sort of your guiding light, right? So think about what your goals and visions are for, you know, 15, 20, 30 years in the future, and then help yourself by thinking through what that type of person, the person who is a grandparent and who can go and play actively physically with their kids or who can take their kids on, um, you know, uh, a ski vacation. I was gonna say a bungee jumping vacation, but I don't think anybody does that. So if you take them on a ski vacation, then you can actually get out and go up the ski lift and go skiing with them and feel you know good about your physical capacity to do so. So my things to fix. So this is what I look at, All right. So these are sort of my notes for this episode, which I don't usually make notes for episodes. So this is obviously one that I've thought quite a bit about, but. It's long-term vision, intermediate-term vision, short-term vision. What are my things to focus on? uh, Five is what are my things to fix? Okay. So things to fix for me is nutrition, right? And I think this is a common one for people, especially after quarantine. Now, you know, I can sit there and make the excuse and be like, you know, it's really important for me to support local small business, which it is, but... Uh, you know, was I ordering Tommy's pizza? And was Maria ordering Jenny's ice cream because we wanted to support small business? Or was that just a convenient little thing to tack on to the end? So for being honest with ourselves, we were just being, you know, as I would say, we were eating like assholes, right? And sometimes you just eat like an asshole. That's just the way of it, right? That's just, uh, that's human nature 101. And that's who we are. And, you know, you, you can't be too hard on yourself for those things. But if you eat like an asshole, all the time, then you're just an asshole. (laughs) So, so what we got to think on for me is I got to stop eating like an asshole. I got to stop, stop, you know, being an asshole, right? I got to stop being that eating that style of way because it's not who I am. And that's not that's anything that's not aligned with my longer term visions. My short term visions needs to be realigned with that focus. So, for me, you know, the the big focuses and things to fix are uh, getting carbohydrates cleaned up and dialing in my carbohydrates on you know my workout days as they need to be. So uh, let's talk a little bit about that. And this is diving deep. I'm going to get a little bit nerdy for you guys here, but. If you think about the training split that I said, we are you know burning through our glycogen storage a couple of days a week, right? During the sprint days, we are going to be burning through the sugars. We're burning through those high burst energy pieces. So that means that we're going to need some higher glycemic carbs on those days. So on those days I'm going to add rice and sweet potatoes to my afternoon or my after workout meals. A staple for me then on every day is going to be my vegetable smoothie, which you guys should be able to find multiple different places now. If you can't, I will post a link in the description to where you guys can kind of find that. Um, But that is every day, right? So on a normal day where I wouldn't do the sprint thrive workout. I would not eat those high glycemic carbs. So I would not have the rice or sweet potatoes. Typically, what I would have is maybe more of the vegetable smoothie, because for me, for those of you guys who don't know, I don't like eating vegetables. I have a problem with that. So I drink my vegetables and my vegetable smoothie has got fruits and vegetables. Um, it's got some collagen protein and some other things in it, but, um, you know, it's got uh, driven nutrition, some B and G, uh, they're whatever they berries and greens, right? So some extra kind of super foods, super greens. And I highly recommend that you guys kind of look into that. If you guys are not a vegetable eater, if you guys struggle to do that, I highly, highly, highly recommend that you guys figure out what sort of a vegetable smoothie is going to work for you. And for me on a normal lifting day, I'm prioritizing proteins and fats. And I am drinking that vegetable smoothie as my main source of carbohydrates for the day. So why, right? Don't follow my, don't follow my diet. My diet is odd, right? But what I have, the reason that my diet is odd and everybody's diet should be a little bit odd is you have to find what works for you. And my diet is by no means perfect. I think a perfect diet is a ridiculous goal. You shouldn't ever aspire to a perfect diet. The perfect diet is the one that you know that you can wake up and stick to every day. Every day, right? And you know and you have a plan and you've thought about it and you've tested and you've tried and you know it works, and so you know that it is something that is going to help you over the long run. And so already in the month or so, not quite three, four weeks that we've been open, I've already seen a significant improvement in my body fat percentage. I've already seen a significant improvement just with this nutrition plan in place. I feel better. I look better. I'm performing better. All of the things that you want to see, the, the trifecta, if you will. And so while the diet may not be perfect, I've stuck to it very, very diligently. And that is the most important thing. And so while it might be suboptimal from a textbook perspective, and it wouldn't be what I would recommend to you if you were a person off the street right away, I've found over the years that this is what works for me. I do meal timing stuff. So I'm an intermittent fasting guy. Naturally, again, don't recommend that unless that's how you like to eat and be and live naturally. And so this is where a coach can be really helpful is this is why I always recommend nutrition coaches is it has nothing to do with like helping people figure out this end game. What it does is it helps you skip through all of the, the wrong stuff. Right. So for me, it took years, took five, six, seven, eight years for me to figure out this nutrition plan. And it really wasn't anything that was so that was like too crazy. But I didn't have anybody looking over my shoulder saying, yeah, I wouldn't even mess with that. Like, just don't even waste your time. You're not going to like it. You're not going to stick with it. Why don't we just focus here? Like you're almost there. Why don't you just make this tweak and that tweak and, and you'll be pretty close. And, you know, I, I always put the, the analogy I use all the time is when we are, you know, if, if I'm going to pick up the guitar I can go on YouTube right now and there is a thousand learn how to play the guitar tutorials. And certainly I can learn how to play the guitar or I can learn how to play this song or that song by watching this YouTube video and practicing that specific song long enough. But that doesn't really help me learn how to play the guitar. Right. What I need is a teacher To come in and look at the form on my fingers and say, yeah, you know, but if you do that with that note, if you put your finger that specific way, you won't be able to eventually do this. You won't be able to down the road when you want to make this chord switch, when you want to make this slide, when you want to do these things, you won't be able to because your fundamentals are wrong. And in that in that moment, that teacher just saved you years. They saved you a bunch of problems with fixing bad habits. And this is true for me with my training uh, regimens. At the beginning, I needed a coach in the worst way. In the worst way. I needed somebody to tell me that I needed a strong sense of mobility and stability training before I dove into anything. But instead, I didn't have that. So I just kept working and I developed these bad habits that ended up being really, really hard on my body over the years. And I dealt with a lot of back pain and joint issues because I continued to push through this pain and I got used to living with that pain forever and I think a lot is the same as true for people with nutrition is they get used to living with the pain they get used to living in this mode of um, emotional eating of you know feeling cravings and hunger and they give in to these things and if they just had somebody to help them point them in the right direction just kind of recorrect their shoulders a little bit uh, they can start to take steps that align with their with their north star but you have to, have to, have to follow through. And this is the thing. This is, this is what we're talking about. We're talking about developing a training ethos, a value system, a principle-based system. When we're saying those words, values, principles, ethos, that means that it's a way of life. It means that it's something that you you sort of abide by, right? And we're developing these ethos and we're aligning these things. And every now and again, I, I like to think of these as like ducks in a row, right? It's just a straight line towards being this 90 year old badass guy and that's the that's the 190th duck you know way down the line and we've got to get all these ducks line every now and again one of them's just going to kick out a line and like be way off kilter way off center to the left and like that's your nutrition during quarantine it's like up oh, up hip hip get yep move back over here get yourself back in line what are you doing right and that is going to happen Right, but this is why we need a coach around, or we just need somebody in our life holding us accountable to the fact that you're out of line, you're misaligned, you're unbalanced, you're you're you've lost that duck. And for me, you know, that person is Marie. I have other people in my life that hold me strongly accountable. I'm very, very lucky to have that. And if you guys have that in a coach at the facility with us, or if you guys have that with somebody with your spouse in your life, that's amazing you are very lucky to have that and you need to lean into it, but you can't ruin it by not doing the thing that the person holding you accountable is trying to hold you accountable to. So if Maria is like, you know, you've been eating like a real asshole lately. That's not who you are. That doesn't align with who we want to be. That doesn't align with our vision. Let's get, let's get you buttoned back up. I can't be like, but I want cookies tonight, but I really want cookie, but I want Tommy's pizza. I already ordered pizza. Like, screw you. I'm hungry you can't do that that's not the way it works when you have people in your life when you are fortunate to have somebody who gives a shit about you enough to even notice or recognize or care that you are misaligned with that thing then you better make sure make damn sure that you get that line back up And you make sure that you're taking the appropriate actions to make sure that that person still is going to care the next time that you fall off and is going to be there for you the next time that you start eating like an asshole is going to continue to keep holding you accountable for the long term, because eventually after enough time, they're just not going to care anymore. They're just not going to put in the effort because that ship has sailed. You've proven to them that you don't have the self-discipline, that you don't have what it takes to be worthy of their accountability. That's a tough one to swallow, man. Because if you start ridding your life of all the people who care about it and you start ridding your life of the people who know when and how to hold you accountable... And you start leaving those systems and those people behind and they stop caring about you because you've shown you're not somebody who's worthy of that time and effort from them. You got a rough road ahead. It's going to be pretty lonely. So don't do that cause that's not good. (laughs) So, uh, so let's talk then about, uh, so for me, those are the things to fix. And then that's how I create my daily and weekly layouts, right? So, uh, getting back on task here, my last piece is utilize the things that we talked about long-term vision, intermediate term, short term, what are my things to focus? What are my things to fix? And then create your daily and weekly schedule, uh, for that. So for me, I, I already explained how I do it for exercise, uh, and how that aligns with the goals that I want to achieve. And then from a daily perspective, uh, I really look at, for me, it's, you know, my other priorities. It's making sure that I have some time for meditation or what I would call now stillness because it is the key. Uh, so a little bit of mindfulness practice. And sometimes it's going to take different forms. Sometimes that's sitting out in my hammock and truly meditating. Sometimes that's reading. Sometimes it's listening to podcasts. Sometimes that's just uh, taking the dogs for a walk. And sometimes it's just being with Maria. Um, and then another piece for me is relationships. So making sure that I have a, a minimum of two hours to spend just devoted to spending some time with Maria. And again, that takes different forms. Um, And then, so, so those are sort of, you know, some of my priorities for the day, making sure I figure out whatever workout time is for me. I'm, I'm really enjoying the 5.30 AM and that, that way I have no interruptions. Nothing gets in the way of that. And then making sure that everything else for me is obviously this, it's developing the community. It's developing the coaches. It's helping, um, mentor and realign and hold people accountable. Uh, And that's, that's what my, my role and my task has become is to hold the, the coaches who hold you accountable, accountable, right? Right. So making sure that I'm holding those guys accountable and helping them grow as people, making sure that I'm keeping the people in my life held accountable who need it. And then making sure that I myself am living that accountability as well. And then obviously all of the development of the great things of friendships. That's how I create my daily uh, my daily layout that then it makes the weekly layout pretty easy. Right. So uh, for me, guys, that's how I walk it back. And I hope that this gives you some food for thought in terms of kind of what we're thinking about. And if you guys are ever interested or if you guys really want to dive into uh, how I would set up training plans or how I would set up weeks or how I would set up, um, you know, those things Uh, You know, four, five, and six. So things to focus on, things to fix, and creating a daily and weekly layout. That's really, in my mind, it's very, very easy. It's very simple if we know the long term, intermediate, and short term visions. For what you want to achieve. It makes it really, really easy. Um, you know, and we can just dive through some really quick. If you're like, Hey, I really want to lose weight. Awesome. Priority number one. You know, if you say my long-term vision is, you know, right now I'm, you know, 30 pounds overweight and my long-term vision for myself is to be able to play with my grandkids and have a healthy fit family that can go on healthy fit vacations and do things like hiking and enjoy being outside and all those things. That's my vision for myself in 20, 30 years. Okay, great. And so right now we need to focus on getting you walk towards that vision so number one focus for you is automatically going to be nutrition because if we need to lose weight that means that we have poor nutritional habits and so we need to fix those habits so that's our thing to fix and our thing to focus it's a and b it's the same okay so a number one is going to be that creating our daily and weekly plan and layout then is going to go immediately to uh from from our training focus is going to be what is going to put us in the best position possible to lose weight well in the short term that's going to be thrive Fit, right it's going to be developing that aerobic heart healthy mode but in the long term we're going to need Need to splice in and add in some build because in the long run, when we start diving into that biggest loser mentality, the biggest loser, the problem with it was, was they were crash dieting people. And so they were losing body mass. They were losing fat but they were also losing muscle. And when you lose muscle while you're losing weight, you're actually dropping your basal metabolic rate. That is bad. And so what happened was you get these people who would lose a hundred pounds in you know, six months, and then they would put on 140 in the next six months or in the next year they would end up worse off than they started. And the big reason why was they weren't building long-term nutritional habits. And while they were still having bad nutritional habits, they were dropping their basal metabolic rate. So now not only are they, are they more weight, but it actually is typically going to be more pure fat. So it's less muscle mass. So they're way worse off than when they started. So when we think about how we're going to lose that 30 pounds, the idea would be to lose only body fat, for 30 pounds to maintain or even grow muscle mass while we lost body fat because you're going to hit an age where body fat eh, matters, but not really muscle mass is what matters because muscle mass means functionality. Muscle mass means that you can be that badass 90 year old guy that we're talking about. Muscle mass is what is going to allow you to go and hike and surf and play with your kids and do those things. And it's going to keep a higher basal metabolic rate for you, which means that over time you will stay leaner and have less body fat and all these other things. So that would be how I would think about that is I might do something like, you know, a three in one split split. So three days of thrive, one day of build. And I might do that for six months until we lose maybe, you know, six to 12 pounds of body fat. And then I would start to splice it and maybe make it two and two or I would maybe do, you know, three and two. And I would start to develop and work in things that way. So that's how we can start to talk about this. But again, the focus for that needs to be 100 percent of focus on nutrition the end of the day, if you eat healthy, that's a win. Whether or not you get any exercise in, that's secondary because nutrition and building solid nutritional habits is the goal, okay? And so do you see how we can create this training ethos that gives us focus? This is what I'm focused on. This is what I'm fixing. That's how I created my daily, weekly schedule. That's how I'm going to be moving forward. These are the people in my life who are going to be holding me accountable to achieving those things, That's how we can be successful moving forward. And if you're missing any piece of the puzzle, if you have no long-term vision, if you have no intermediate or short-term vision, if you have nothing to focus on and nothing to fix, if you don't have a daily and weekly layout, and especially, and if you do not have anybody to hold you accountable, you will not be successful in the long run. And that's a testament to missing any individual component there. So for me, when I was really competing at my height, I had intermediate term goals, wanted to make CrossFit games. I had short term goals. I wanted to win this next competition. I had things to focus on, need to work on my snatch and handstand pushups. Tough for big guys. I had my things to fix and need to work on my shoulder mobility, hip mobility, ankle mobility. Lower back was always tight, chronically tight. So I had to work on keeping that healthy. Need to go and get massages and see chiropractors. Need to do this, need to do that. Had my daily and weekly layout, you know, Saturdays and Sundays, two days, three days, competition days, trained four to five days out of the week, one active rest day. I had all of that. What was I missing? I had tons of people to hold me accountable. Lots of great training partners, awesome people. I loved them what did I not have? I didn't have a strong why on number one, my long-term vision. And when I didn't have sight of that, when I didn't know what my long-term goal was, I damaged, you know, myself probably for the long haul. I don't time will tell. Um, but, you know, I, I I did damage to what would eventually become clear as my long term vision. I did damage to the body, did damage to the mind for a little bit. Um, and, you know, some of that stuff now is is limiting. And that's that's the big reason why we need to take some time. And I, I'm thankful now to start seeing some football players see this and they retire early. They retire at like 28, 29. It's like look I I've made plenty of money. I'm still healthy. I don't have any traumatic brain injuries. You know, my body hurts, but it's not completely broken. I'm going to go ahead and just make the call to walk away because I want to be there and I don't want to be one of those I don't want to be junior sale. I don't want to lose my mind and have to commit suicide and shoot myself in the heart so that they can study my brain. I don't want to be that. And you have some, some of these players who are re- reducing and removing the warrior mentality and thinking a little bit more for, for that long term. And I think that's the winning strategy. I think that's the way that we got to take this stuff. But it takes a little bit of stillness. And for those of you guys who are wrapping up, stillness is the key. And you read it with us. We'll start talking about what our next book is going to be. But stillness is the key. And I love the I love that you know man I'll tell you what uh, Ryan Holiday you know it's uh, ego is the enemy obstacle is the way and stillness is the key He's a really good title writer because it you sort of don't have any other way to say what you want to say after you read his uh, his book titles uh, but it is and now is such a great time to take moments and think about some of these things and who you want to be and what you want to be um, and take those moments to start to um, work your way down this list so that you can really start to figure out what your things to fix and focus are and uh, how that helps create your daily and weekly layout. And then who's helping hold you accountable to those things. And if you you don't have somebody ask, 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 it is not a sign of weakness. It is not a sign of weakness to ask for help. It is okay to say, this is hard for me. I need help with this. Will you please help hold me accountable? I don't know what that's going to look like yet, but if you see me slipping, call me out. I know it's hard, but it will always pay off. All right. Thank you guys. Love you guys. If you guys are interested in anything, going to start trying to uh, put anything that we talk about kind of in the show notes. So uh, man, let's think about what this episode. So we've got stillness is the key. I'll put the link to that in the show notes. If you guys are interested in reading that book, can't recommend it enough. Can't recommend all of Ryan Holiday's stuff enough. Um, Driven nutrition. I put that in my collagen protein. I put that in my vegetable smoothie. I'll put those uh, links along with the recipe in the show notes. And I think that's it. Um, so if you guys have any questions, uh, hopefully I can, <laughs> I can answer those by giving you everything you need. Thanks, guys.